Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I know we said we were done until January the 5th, but would anyone mind if we squeezed in a visit from Joe? No? Okay then. You're listening to Inside F1 with Joe Sayward on Missed Apex Podcast. We live F1. Welcome to Inside F1 with Joe Sayward, part of the Missed Apex Motorsport Podcast Network, covering F1, Formula E and W Series. I'm Spanners, the host and producer of Missed Apex Podcast. I'm in a shed, but there are many opportunities to hang out with us throughout the year. Are you a sim racer? Come iRacing with us on January the 11th online at 8pm. We currently have a 20-car grid so far, so you can get in touch and join us. Three races in MX-5s and a fun oval race to finish the night off. Plus, we'll have an open Discord chat and it'll have the likes of myself and Matt Trumpets there to chat to for the evening uh, and do a bit of racing. Matt Trumpets surprisingly fast in an MX-5. And we're also opening up the karting entries for April 25th as well. So if you're interested in either, please email me, spannersready at gmail.com. We are an independent podcast produced in the podcasting shed with the kind permission of our better halves. We aim to bring you a race review before your Monday morning commute. We might be wrong, but we're first. I'm joined, as always, on Inside F1 by genuine, legit F1 media legend, Joe Saywood. Good morning, Joe. Hello. Am I, am I now um, audible and visible? Yes, everybody world? can see. You know, he blocked me. He wouldn't let me do it because it, yeah, I, I disrupt his little diatribes. But it's, it's not a little diatribe. It's a professional and pro <laughs> intro. It's my rolling audition for Sky Sports or TalkSport or something like that. Uh, you, you, have, you have such low ambitions. <laughs> what? Those, those things seem amazing from a shed, Joe, I can assure you. Uh, Joe, you love sim racing now. You should come iRacing with us. Is it since when did I love sim racing? I don't know. You seem to have a, a change of heart over 2019. 
No, no, no. I, I, I figured that it was worth keeping an eye on because it is the younger generation. And <laughs> as most Formula One fans of my age, um, it's not a good idea. So we need to uh, visit the young and convince them that motor racing is a fine thing as long as it doesn't have um, no noise. Well, you know, you know what, what I mean? You know what you need to do then, Joe, is you need to GP Plus magazine, your your PDF magazine needs to have a mm-hmm. tick. You need a TikTok channel. That's what you need. A TikTok channel. Yep. Is that the cool thing these yes, days? That is the new cool thing, Joe. Oh, I haven't even heard of it. I should write it down. TikTok. So TikTok. So you dancing to some music while pointing at uh, some text on the screen that appears and then that okay, directs I'll give people you the to that one. That, GP know, Plus magazine. That sound like my thing. No, you can, you can get up dressed up in a cocktail dress or of Superman course, yes, outfit. Why not? Yeah. Right. I just, I think you're being very closed I, off. I think everybody in the world will be talking to one another in those, <laughs> in those um, funny sort of facial jobby things. What do they call those things? You know, Snapchat? Um, facial jobby things? Oh, dear, you know, oh, dear. Uh, right, where's my beat machine? <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> Joe, it's... <laughs> There's a slightly different tone to the stream this morning because it's the morning. It's the first ever time Mist Apex has streamed in the morning. So obviously here in the UK at 10 a.m., I've got my coffee. Uh, You're in France where I believe you are legally required to drink two glasses of wine by 11 a.m. So normal for you. Oh, I haven't touched a drop. I've had some coffee and that's about it. But I shall be drinking later on today because in France, of course, we celebrate Christmas on the day before Christmas, as you do. Logical. Yeah, very European. So you have your big Christmas meal today. So this is yes. like, oh, well, in that case, thank you so much for joining us on Christmas oh, and I have Eve. to drive a couple of hours as well before that happens, because I'm not going to do it here. So They definitely frown on This is why we're doing it in the morning, because I won't be here this afternoon, you see. Joe, I've missed not only you here, I've missed, where's the green notebook? I've become accustomed to it, and there was no Abu Dhabi green notebook. Well, yes, that's because um, basically I just had too much to do. And I, every time I landed somewhere, I took off somewhere else. So I came back from Abu Dhabi and I was in, um, in Paris for the FIA Hall of Fame. Um, and then a couple of days later, I actually went, drove home at that point after that on the Tuesday. And I passed my wife who was going the other way off to grand parental <laughs> duties. And I flashed my lights at her in an affectionate manner. And that was the last I saw of her for another three days when she came home finally. And I left three hours later to go back to the FIA prize giving. And then I went to London for the Autosport Awards. I had an audience in London. And then I went to Maranello um, and went back to England, then drove back to France, arriving at eight o'clock one morning to see my wife finally um, and fall over. And then <laughs> a couple of days after that, we went to Bordeaux to see little people. So there you are. Little tiny people. And all of that has happened in the last however long it is. It's not long. The busy life of a of an F1 Media legend, Joe. An, actually, an F1 grandpa, you mean? Yeah, that's. <laughs> do you are you finding that when you look around the press room, do you do you feel very much like a senior, or do you still look around and and see some? You look at them and you go, look at those old sweats in the corner. Um, yeah, I, I don't feel old. That's for sure. That that's for sure. Um, there are certainly people who have been there longer than me, um, but I don't really, you know, unless they're really crumbly, I don't really think of them as being old. Um, and most people in Formula One, you can't really afford to be crumbly because if you start getting crumbly, you can't keep up. So, um, yeah, there are there are some people probably in their 70s now. I've got 15 years to go before I get there. So, well, not quite, but nearly, you know. Um, so, yeah, it is, you know, it's a tough life. If you actually stop and think about doing 21, and that's just if you do the races, 21 foreign trips all over the world. Plus, if you go testing, if you go to events, whatever. 
um, it's a hell of a lot of traveling. So it does get sort of, you know, uh, it does knock you down a bit, or it can do if you let it. Uh, Richard from Alden has a relevant question that he he sent us in our Slack group. He said, I, Richard from Alden, managed 103,000 nautical miles for work this year. Does Joe track how many he's flown following F1 around the world? No, is the answer. Uh, I do know that I have an Emirates um, gold card and they give you a, a sort of, um, uh, you can find an all-time total. Um, but they only count their, what they call miles as opposed to real miles. So I don't really know. But I've got a million, 1.2 million, I think, something like that on Emirates. Um, and that's, that's as I said, their miles. So I have no idea what I do in a year, but it's uh, it, it's probably, it's certainly over 100,000. Well, it's not. It's I not. mean, if you go to Australia and back, you know, yeah, you, you've done twenty-five. So, um, you know, it's not hard to get to a Australia and back. Go to Japan and back. Go to China and back. You know, you're practically there already. I mean, it's not all bad, though. I imagine, as a, as someone with as much influence as you in the F1 sphere, the teams are falling over themselves to adorn you in treasures. And I just have, I have two questions from tweeters dawn me in treasures it sounds like i'm sort of, sort of virgin no not virgin what's that oh jesus in the in a manger lots of presents arriving from wise men and things i do apologize i i'm writing a semi-autobiographical historical drama uh, based on space aliens in the middle ages so i apologize my two worlds briefly <laughs> melded there so two questions one is from papa mcburb who says uh, which presence has joe had the most use out of from an f1 personality and uh, Mr. B, Bar Snarf, says, could you please ask Joe what the teams get him as a Christmas present to keep him sweet? I can answer the F1 personality one very quickly, which is I can't remember ever being given <laughs> anything by an F1 personality. Not a driver? Um, you get the occasional Christmas card. Uh, I don't think, I can't remember. I mean, it's a long time. The, the days when you were showered in gifts, and you, we were never really showered in gifts, but the days of being showered in gifts uh, are long gone. Um, they're far too busy spending their money on research and development rather than trying to please the press. Um, so that's an easy one. As to the most useful Christmas present I've had, again, I can't, you know, can't remember any of them, so I can't really answer that one. Uh, I, as I was just saying, you know, I have a very nice model of a Ferrari, having been to Maranello, but Show it cost it me a fortune. To um, you want me to do it? It cost you a fortune. What, they, they, they charged you a fortune. No, no, no. I mean, you have to pay to go there. You know, they're not <laughs> paying your airfares or flying you there in private jets. You know, so by the time I got there and got back, I'd probably spent the best part of I don't know three hundred quid or something. So to be given a model of a Ferrari <laughs> was nice, but um, you know, it was quite an expensive model. I could probably buy one. I don't know. <laughs> But you know the point is that but they're very nicely. I have a, I have a, a model of Sebastian Vettel's 2019 car, but if I try to unwrap it and take the lid off and all the rest of it, it'll take forever. But it's about this big. So yeah, it's, it's in a glass size. case. I mean, you showed me it earlier. I mean, it does look spectacular. I think I think those models are actually quite a bit more expensive uh, than what you paid for. Certainly to the well, point more where... More than 300 quid, really? I reckon I mean, so, I reckon so. Crumbs, um, I mean, oops. Crumbs. Uh, <laughs> if, uh, if that was in my house, within seconds, mm-hmm. someone will take the glass off and we'll be like racing it around going vroom, you know, yeah. so, you know, I feel free to, that, if yes. you do do that, that's a thing that you can film yourself doing and put on TikTok. Yeah. So, Somewhere I have a McLaren, uh, the same sort of size, but it's well hidden away. In fact, it's so well hidden, I don't know where it is. Um, and it's, it's a, in a sort of, 
boxy thing signed by Mika Hakkinen. So it's quite old now, I suppose. Uh, chat room's asking to see it. Perhaps we'll dig it out towards the, the end of the stream, Joe. Uh, right, obviously, okay. obviously there's some huge Ferrari news that has broken in the last 24 hours. And uh, so just that this is just to, uh, to say, like, we're getting to that. But first... I want to ask you about GP Plus magazine because this is the the prime time to get it. And if you've forgotten to get someone a Christmas present who is an F1 fan, uh, a subscription to GP Plus magazine might be in order. Very much so. And you can also you have a choice of two options. One is you can buy them just the subscription for one year or you can buy them what we call the bundle. And the bundle buys you this year, you'll get 299 magazines in the bundle, which is the entire um Grand Prix Plus backlog going back to 2007. So you can have it all inside your own computer or device, whatever. Just imagine all that shelf space. Just throw away all those order sports, lob them in the bin, mush them up, sell them to be turned into papier mâché, whatever they call the stuff, you know. Too soon, and, Joe. Uh, too soon. Still, the body's still warm, Joe. Uh, but um, it's, <laughs> it's. No, a- no, listen. Part of, part of that body is me, you remember. I used to be there for 10 years. So uh, suggesting people throw them in the bin is, is quite upsetting to me in a way. But um, it, it's the shelf space. I used to have 20 years of order sports and it, and it weighed, it weighed, a ton and a half and it took up an entire room so in the end of the day if you can put it all in one little folder in a computer how good does it get if i was autosport actually to be quite honest i would do the really boring task of going through the whole thing scanning every single edition putting them all into into forms that you can use and then having folders and selling them because people would buy them maybe i don't know so you have a pdf a magazine you do reviews that come out very shortly after the race it's proper journalism it's not a uh, little a hundred word things this is what happened and then that is what happened it's proper proper joe style reading uh you have a weird subscription model though where you go right let's just buy you get it. it for the year for yeah. the whole you, year you, you, you okay. get it for the for the december to december and if you don't download it by december the 31st at midnight it stops um logically speaking that may sound a bit odd but it's just easier to do Go to flatoutpublishing.com or search for Joe Say with GP Plus magazine for more info. Joe. Or grandprixplus.com even. Grand, grandprixplus.com. It might be the easier way of doing it. It's direct route, you know. Everyone's a critic. Yeah. Joe, big news. Big news in F1 in the off-season. Just as we're all getting ready for our Christmas dinner, Ferrari announced the end of Sebastian Vettel's career. Five years for Charles Leclerc. Long live the Red King. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Um, it's not the end of Sebastian Vettel. Isn't it? No, not really. It just means that Charles Leclerc is going to stay there for five years. It doesn't mean Sebastian Vettel won't stay there for five years as well. I mean, I admit it's quite unlikely that Sebastian Vettel will stay there for five years, but nonetheless, it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean definitely the end of anything. And it also, you know, I would say it's more uh, likely that you won't see Lewis Hamilton going there. Um, Not that I think Lewis Hamilton's ever going to go there, to be honest. But you know why would you, if you could, if Charles Leclerc is your number one for five years, mm. effectively, even if it's not written down in the contract, you don't want someone who's better, or you don't want someone who's well, you do want someone who's better, but you don't want someone there who's going to disrupt, you know, upset the um, the apple cart. Well, I, I mean, so what you want is hang on, what you want is a good one and a half, you know, a good number one and a half, not another, not another number one, because two number ones, it, it's supermen in telephone boxes, you know, too many of them don't fit. So he needs his uh, he needs his his bottas. Ouch! That was unkind to Valtteri, but yes, that yeah. is true. Okay, but haven't you kind you of need to let? Let's be fair. You know, proven, proven people who've done that. Let's we'll look at Barrichello and Eddie Irvine and and these uh, Felipe Massa to be unkind. Um, 
they're number one and a half. So they get paid very well. Gerhard Berger was a number one and a half for many, many years as well. So they get paid vast amounts of money for to, to basically not, not be too fast. Just keep the other bloke away, you know. But what you don't want is what happened in Brazil, where the two Ferrari guys collide with one another. And who suffers the most on that one? The team does. This is a point they made when I was in Maranello the other day. They did. They it, did. it came up. Yes, it did. So, I know uh, we, we discussed pretty much everything. It was quite quite a good event for that. Um, uh, we, we even discussed the legality of the cars. Oh, re- really? Oh, wow. There's, oh, yeah. there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, so let's yeah. let's just let's start with uh, the Brazil incident. Do you think that that Brazil incident changed their thinking on the status of their drivers? Not really. No, I think they they they. I, I, it was it was always going to happen if they let it run, but um, you know what choice do they have but to let it run? So they they basically said that it was good. They didn't say it was good. They said it was bad. But if you're looking for positives in a negative situation, <laughs> it basically both drivers realised that it'd been a total screw up and Ferrari had been the victim of it. So it was in their interest not to do it again. So whether they'll think that way when it comes to the next time they're going in a similar situation is another question. Um, but, you know, it, it does give Ferrari a little bit more sort of, listen, boys, don't be silly. Um, the school teacher kind of approach, which they're not really like that. But, you know, because racing drivers don't like being told what to do. They are individualists. So handling them, this is one thing that Toto Wolf does very well. It's handling the drivers and making sure that everybody's happy, even if they're not happy, you know, thinking they're happy. Valtteri Bottas is always happy because he might nearly get there one day, you know. Um, the fact that he probably won't is another is another problem but you know, Lewis keeps getting better and better so as much as Valtteri gets better and better it's a bit like Williams saying they've got to get better and better and they are going to get better and better the trouble is they've got to get it better and better twice as fast as everybody else because everyone's getting better and better all the time. So. I just want to um, tie up to slightly there's a gap I think between a couple of things you said you you sort of hinted at me saying that I was wrong to say that this really meant anything for Vettel uh, the next phrase was that you wouldn't want to bring in a Hamilton-type figure to be another number one. You don't want another number one with Charles Leclerc there for five years. Mm. But for next season, he's got Sebastian Vettel. So what what is the status going to be next season? Surely the, the five-year deal, as meaningless as contracts are, it's a huge flag in the ground, a Leclerc-shaped flag that says, he's our boy, he's number one. There's not... Yes. It is, but it's also to stop to stop him going somewhere else. It's also, um, I mean, it's, it's a message, if you like, to Max Verstappen as well, which is, if you're going to do it, you know, to do it where you are, Sonny Boy, or wait until Lewis goes, whatever. Um, you know, it is it is basically saying this is our horse and this is the one we're riding for the next five years. Now, who rides alongside him is another matter, but I don't see the logic in putting two number ones together because every time we've seen it in Formula One history, every time we've seen it in Formula One history, um, it's ended badly. So um, basically you want to try and avoid it. What you want is to have somebody who's almost as good, but not quite. And I think Bottas is, is a very good example of that. And yet he's still hungry and still growing and, and all these other things, you know? And I think to be honest, if, if I was running Ferrari, um, you might look at having a, a Hulkenberg in there. Because the Hulk is pretty damn good, but I don't think he's the number one. Because otherwise, he would have 
broken through. I think he might have broken through at one point. You know, but time passes and and uh, ambitions get blunted and well, enough money thrown at you. Joe, you're talking as if there's a seat up for grabs. No, I'm not talking as if there's a seat up for grabs, but there could be a seat up for grabs at the end of 2020, simply because Sebastian might say, well, I don't really want to be. 1.5. Uh, beaten by Charles Leclerc again and again and again. He's not thinking of it that way, I'm sure. He's just thinking about how can I get better and beat him back. But when all is said and done, the, the, the tick-tock of the of the clock continues. And Sebastian ain't getting any younger, and Charles isn't getting any younger, and none of us are getting any younger, are we? But the fact is that, that Sebastian's not going to be um, uh, recovering that that wildness of youth that some of these people have so um, i think uh, a lot of people not just me have, have leapt onto what does this mean to sebastian vettel just because he's been a fabric of the sport for for for, for a decade four-time world champion that's big news that his teammate now has a four-year longer contract than him at marinello that's big news but what about for the lad for the lad himself uh, in the chat room here uh, mark says brave for charles in my opinion or Charles, in my opinion. Ferrari have had some ups and downs, but they've also had some long downs over the years. A, a good decision for Leclerc himself? I don't see why not. I mean, they are they they could become uh, you know, a team that will win a number of years consecutively. If they do that, Charles will be world champion several times. If it doesn't work out at the end of five years, how old will Charles be? He'll still be young enough to go <laughs> off to another team. Yeah. Um, and still win world championships, you know. So um, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's a great vote of confidence in Ferrari. It's a vote of Ferrari confidence in him. And I think that as a relationship, um, and I'm sure he's going to be well paid. I don't think money's going to be his problem. I, I hear he's, he's having to scrape by on nine million a year that he's going to be locked into. Well, that's not a lot in the modern age, but it, it won't be that. I can tell you that in advance. It will be, there will be a, uh, it'd probably be, well, it'd be at least twice as that, and there'll be an escalator factor every year. So, um, you know, nine million is nothing in Formula One top level driving terms. Twenty million is nothing. You're talking Sebastian's on about fifty, maybe. I don't know. Who knows? The other thing is there's also bonuses, and a lot of the, the deals these days are based on bonuses. So, you know, you have um, hundred thousand a point or something like that. Um, that depends on who you are. Some of them are not, you know, <laughs> smaller teams might do that. Bigger teams, when you're scoring two or 300 points, is probably not a good idea to 100,000 points, is it? So. I, I always wonder, like, when you have a certain amount of money, surely, you know, oh, I've got to get that extra point because I need another 100,000 pounds. I mean, I'd love to find out one day if, if there is still that incentive, but there's a point score element to it as well. I suppose it makes it that. Of course, yeah. of course there is. It's I've got, I'm earning more than him, therefore I'm better than him. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we'll get his money. At the end of the day, if you've got enough, you've got enough. Money is one of the, it's one of these things that people spend their lives fighting to get. And then they don't really know why. It's just because once you've got enough, you've got enough. The question is, what is enough? And, and that's an interesting, uh, reflection because as you go up the ladder of earnings, your ambitions grow. So, you know, you don't want to travel in the front end of an aeroplane. It's so dull mixing with those people in first class, darling. You know, one simply needs an executive jet <clears throat> this kind of thing. So they do, the ambitions go up with the money. But, um, you know, I think 
Um, the, the, as soon as you get into Formula One, fundamentally, unless you're a pay driver, you've got enough money. Okay, well, I'll stop worrying about uh, poor poor Charles Leclerc there. Uh, interesting. Yeah, that you... I wouldn't worry about him. He'll be he'll be happy ever after. I'm sure. Interesting that you mentioned that this somewhat closes the door on Max Verstappen. You get the impression Max Verstappen would definitely want to go into a team as an out and out number one. But it's almost as if you're implying he is an out and out number one. What are you talking about? <laughs> You know, that, that's what I'm saying. He wouldn't want to go to Ferrari to be in an equal fight with, uh, with well, I Charles Leclerc. I don't yeah. think he'd bother about that because he'd yeah. think he's going to be quicker. They all think they're going to be quicker than the other bloke until they meet somebody they can't beat. It's normal. But if you wanted to secure your place at a team, probably the, the number one tactic to avoid would be to be openly hostile and accusing them of cheating. Do you think that has has that had an effect on... You know, you know, if he's the fastest bloke out there, they'd still hire him. Really? I mean, look, look Fernando Alonso went back to McLaren. What more evidence do you want? You know, after what happened in 2007, where he basically uh, blackmailed the team um, and yes. caused their downfall. And then he went back again a few years later because it suited their better, their purpose and, it, and he needed somewhere to go. So so this blackmail thing... I, it's I, called I, pra- pragmatism. I only heard of the alleged blackmailing uh, recently. You don't, you don't have to use alleged. Oh, it's, okay. It's fairly well. So he was actually asking the team to to hamper he Hamilton. Was telling the team, he was telling the team that they needed to favour him over Lewis, uh, or else he'd go to the FIA and tell them about uh, things to do with the, the supposed dossier from Ferrari, which is you know, right. Which is basically uh, what happened after that is that Ron Dennis picked up the phone and, and called Alonso's bluff by ringing the FIA and saying, "Oh, by the way, this is the situation." Um, and of course, you know, it, it wasn't necessarily the smartest thing to do, but it basically, I'm, he was lucky not to be fired on the spot, actually. There were, I believe, Mr. Whitmarsh was rather keen on firing him. Um, but one, you know, at the end of the day, um, that's not the way to behave. And this is why Fernando Alonso has two world championships, because he's, he's, a, he's a, a bad influence within a team because he's so um, ambitious and so keen to do well that there are no limits and which is why wherever he's gone it's tended to be unpleasant he seems like such a nice guy on twitter as well it's uh amazing to think he had that persona didn't he tell somebody off i saw on he uh, yes it was uh our tech man from birmingham matthew summerfield who writes for motorsport well, i'm amazed that fernando alonso is actually bothering to no. see what's being said on twitter he must have nothing else it to was do. so weird someone was just making a joke about how the his renault car was powered by a team that produced gp2 engines so he was mm. quoting back the quote of Alonso in Honda saying GP2 engine, GP2 engine. And uh, yeah, Fernando you see, Alonso. What, what, you, what, you, what you forget here is at this particular moment, Mr. Alonso is very sensitive on the subject of Hondas. He's trying to get his bottom into an Andretti Honda next year for the Indy 500 because he's worked out he's not going to win it in any other kind of car. So he doesn't want people to bring up the fact that he called Honda engines GP2 engines uh, and upset Honda to extent. You, know, you don't if you if you don't understand the Japanese psyche. Um, you really shouldn't be driving for them because you know he's now driven for Honda and Toyota, and both of them haven't kept him ever. Um, and they don't work in the same way. So if you deeply insult them, they don't forget it. And uh, you know, so he's trying very hard to get into the Andretti car for the Indy 500 next year. And obviously, people mentioning this is is uncomfortable for him. Otherwise, why on earth would you be responding to? Uh, <laughs> journalists to be honest i mean who responds not many i mean 
it's it's strange because he often quotes from samurai samurai culture. So you would you would think he would have some understanding of Japanese culture. Well, he clearly doesn't. So we just so, had some yeah. some. This is a, a topic that's. Uh, people are interested in in the chat room so i'm just going to roll with it for a second before mm. we go back to marinello uh, oh somebody's saying basically what's the chances here we go michael brown hello live stream by the way uh, you can join us by searching for missed apex podcast uh, on youtube subscribe to us and you can chat live while i talk to joe and all the others and uh michael brown has said any chance of alonzo returning to Renault if danny rick moves is there any chance of an alonzo comeback at all i don't think there's anybody who wants him I mean, they want his talent, but they don't want the baggage that comes with that. So, and you know, he's not—he's not a spring chicken anymore. Um, and he's—he's he's got his ambitions. He realizes he's not going to win the world championship again, and so he's busy going off and doing other things. So he'll have a record that will be unique. So you know, he's not going to win the Dakar first time out unless there's a miracle. Uh, he could win the five hundred, um, but basically, he just wants to win as much as possible in as varied um, things as possible to to leave a legacy because he didn't win the five world championships his talent should have got him the the chat room is not being not being as kind as you uh, at all joe uh, and you're not even Perhaps being that not, kind but I, um, they don't have to deal with him directly so uh <laughs> dr vidya gaim hello doctor uh, maybe he should not have been so mean to honda racing fan says maybe he should apologize <laughs> that i don't think is there a chance of that alonso could come out and just go hey realize i've been a bit harsh over the years Sorry about that. With age has come wisdom and I'm ready for my return. I can't see it. That's, that's not a stupid idea, actually. But whether they forgive him is another matter. I don't know. Um, they are uh, Japanese people. I worked with the Japanese for 25 years and you can push them up to a point. And if you push them beyond that point, it's very dangerous territory. Um, like, bang. <laughs> I mean, I, not in literal terms, obviously, but in... Uh, in, in uh, employment terms, there's a point at which they just say, no, that's the end of that, thanks, we don't need you anymore. So you have to be really careful. And I think that Alonso stepped over the line um, in that McLaren phase. And I think that you know, that's, he realizes now that he's not going to get a decent Chevrolet at Indy, and that's the only choice. So the only way he's going to win the 500 is is with a Honda. Well, wait a minute. I'm sorry, 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 Joe. I'm, I'm just getting just getting the producer in my ear yeah um we would just like to clarify that the opinion that japanese people shoot people who cross them uh, uh, past a certain point is the opinion of joe sayward and not that of missed apex i didn't say that i said that they get you get fired i mean it it was the the implication is you know okay producer's happy with that joe producer's happy we're good we're good Uh, can we can we go back to marinello can we um i'm gonna cough i'm gonna cough again now so you need to mark it down no 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 look i'll mute it go for it there we go. Yeah, the magic of production. Uh, let's go back to Marinello. So this 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 forum that I'm imagining, did they they just held court with some journalists and actually spoke? Well, it, wasn't, about- it wasn't exactly a forum. It was a lunch, and there were about I don't know. There were probably fifteen, twenty, maybe. Oh wow! An elite. No, no more than that. It was a very it was a very select group. The elite. Um, <laughs> In part because some couldn't get there. In part because of the French were on strike and everything. Um, and there were. Uh, well, it's true. Um, there were all kinds of uh, problems of, for a number of people, so getting there was wasn't as easy as as it might have been. But no, it wasn't. It wasn't a huge group. Um, yeah, the legal teams in my was, ear. No, they said no. That tracks. That's all. All fine. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, quite good. Um, yeah, so it was about fifteen of us, twenty of us, whatever it was, sitting around the table and just asking any question you liked, and it, and it was it was very honest. There, there was a sort of off the record 
element to it, which consisted, I think, of about three words in the end. <laughs> okay. Which were deemed to be off the record, and I can't tell you what they were. Were two of them fuel but, flow? <clears throat> no. No, 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 no. No, no, They answered the fuel flow question. Uh, they, they answered all the questions fairly directly. And I think the key, there was a key point at which, and I think it's a very valid point, um, that uh, Louis Camilleri, who is the CEO of the main Ferrari company, said, <clears throat> which is, he said, people forget, everyone, everyone accuses us of cheating, um, but people forget that we are a listed company on the stock exchange, and you can't do this kind of thing. And he's absolutely right in as much as the risk factor. It's a bit like that story about Aston Martin <coughs> the other day, which was run, uh, Lawrence Stroll was going to buy into Aston Martin. Okay. That, that influenced the stock market. That is illegal. Ooh. You're not allowed to. You're not allowed to influence the stock market. Um, you know, journalists can write stories, <clears throat> but you know there was no comment from anybody because the, basically, if there had been an offer from Stroll, Aston Martin would have had to announce it anyway. Now they announced something a few days later, which was people have shown some interest in buying into the company. <laughs> but at the time that story went out, what happened? I'm sure that they got a call from the market regulator saying. What's going on here? Who's manipulating the stock? <clears throat> because somebody what? And as a journalist, you have to be very careful with those kind of stories because you can get um, wrapped up in it. You know, who is the sourcing on that story? <clears throat> there was no sourcing given. You know, there was no um, there was no uh, element to. I mean, you can just put it down to journalistic enthusiasm <laughs> if you like. But somebody gave that story to the journalist in question for a reason, <clears throat> and what that reason was. It doesn't make sense that it was Stroll because, you know, if you raise the price of the stock, you raise the price of the buying the company or buying slices mm. of the company. So it's not going to be him, but it might be somebody who doesn't want it to happen. Okay. So there's all kinds of things you have to work, you know, be aware of, but I'm sure that the, the stock market regulators would have had a look at that and went, this isn't right. Because it went 20% in the morning, you know. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, since we're on that, sorry, we're delaying going back to Maranello again. Uh, since we're on that, so so what? What is this? What is this story? There was a, a rumor that Lance Stroll Lawrence, was going. Yeah, Lance, Lawrence. Sorry, Stroll. Lawrence Stroll. There was a story that was published that said Lawrence Stroll was going to buy into Aston Martin by control. Da di da di da, and and you know the Force Indias would become Aston Martin. Now, there's a lot of elements to that that kind of make sense. One is that. Aston Martin, Red Bull, Honda doesn't make sense at all. Um, you know, it just doesn't make sense. So, but but Aston Martin and Red Bull are so tightly bound together in their industrial uh, side, i.e., building Aston Martin fancy road cars, that it's hard to separate them. So, you know, the idea that Aston Martin could move across and have a whole team, yes, it's possible they could do that, and it would be helped by the fact that Aston Martin is. Five percent owned by Mercedes-Benz. Not many people know that, but it is. Um, so you could have Mercedes-Benz engines, and they could work a deal whereby they were badged Aston Martin, and then you get a full Aston Martin team, which looks good. You know. So uh, in terms of buying the stock, the company's worth I don't know one and a half billion or something like that. Um, and to be honest, I mean, you don't spend your own money on things like that; you borrow it. But Stroll doesn't. You know, he's not. He's not that. He's not going to spend one and a half billion buying out everybody else. I don't think he might. You never know. He's an ambitious fellow. Um, but it is uh, when you're dealing with stock 
market companies, you have to be very careful. That's all I'm saying. That's the, the reason it came up. Anyway, we'll see what happens. But, um, you know, I think largely because Aston Martin's stock has dropped so much, it started at £19 a share and is, was down to sort of five last time I looked, you know, so it's cheap. Now, whether it's the right valuation is another question. But, you know, that's for cleverer people than me to work out what the company's worth. They've got this new SUV coming and that bumped the stock a few percent when it was announced. Um, but it, it fell back again after that. So, you know, we'll have to see how they do. Okay, well, I'm, I'm sure there's smart listeners out there who've kept track of all that money. It means nothing to me when I hear like several hundred thousand or several million. I never know whether it's a surprisingly big amount or, or surprisingly little. The, the question I would have as an F1 fan is, Lawrence Stroll, every time I hear anything to do with him and car, I assume it's in the betterment of Lance Stroll. Is there some link back into F1? No, no, no. It's not It's not all about Lance Stroll. It's also about the fact that you know his father has been passionate about cars forever. He owns lots of very expensive Ferraris. He bought one of the most expensive Ferraris ever sold not long ago, a couple of years ago. He paid 20-odd million for it. <laughs> he owns the, the, the Mont Tremblant racetrack in Canada, which he paid to have completely rebuilt. You know, he's he's a very wealthy man with a with a passion for cars. So just because his son happens to be a racing driver doesn't mean everything is about Lance. It's not all about Lance. And you know, one day when they when they you know, I, I don't know how long it'll take them to realise, or or maybe Lance will surprise us all and, and develop into a, a Grand Prix winner. But maybe, maybe, maybe. Well, he's Could been happen. on the podium. He's been on the podium several times. You know, so you can't knock it. It, two times matter. when everybody else exploded. Yes, I know, but how many times has Hulkenberg been on the podium? Yeah. And we think of Hulkenberg as being a great driver, and we don't think of Stroll as being a great driver. That's not fair. You have to balance, you know, the, it's all about results. And yes, on you know, his, his podiums may have occurred on days when everyone else fell off, but there's a, there's a moral in that too, mm-hmm. which is he's very good at difficult races. He's very good in the wet. You know, there's lots of things. He's lousy at qualifying. Um, and that's why that's why he's weak fundamentally because he always qualifies below where he should be. Nineteen one. He has to make up. Yes, but he has to make it up um, in the races. So that makes his job harder in the races. So he has to improve his qualifying. And if he does that, maybe your people will look at him differently. But you can't just write him off. He's not. You know, he's not the next Lewis Hamilton, but he's not next Chuck Clark. But he is. He's not. He's not a complete waste of space i think if you if you didn't know about his history and the package he came in with i think you might well say yeah he's a he's a legitimate you know he's come through the the series he's quick he's fast he's he's obviously got a bit of racing skill but you would probably have said at this point you would have said oh william shouldn't retain him and you would have been very surprised at a force india type unit hiring him I would yes, say that. Of course, difference. no. In, in that respect, would he? Did he do enough at Williams to warrant staying in Formula One? If he wasn't paying for it, no, he didn't. But you know, the, the fact you know, remember Maldonado won a Grand Prix, so um, you know, weird things can happen. Which, but, according um, to you, proves he's the best driver in the world. Well, not good. No, no, not according to me. He's mm. quick, a bit like Grosjean. You know, doesn't always get to the finish. Um, but you know, being being quick over one lap is not the not not the goal, as it's being quick over seventy laps. That's the key, and being consistently quick over seventy. If you look at the results in the World Championship, look at Lewis. He didn't. He finished every single race. The only thing I can think of he did wrong all year, seriously wrong, is that business with Albon, which was just a mistake. 
Um, yeah. And he, he said as much instantly. He didn't try and hide it. He didn't make excuses. He said, my mistake. I felt so sorry for Albon because it really did screw him up, not just in the race. And he robbed him of his first podium. Yeah. He took away two places in the world championship as well. It was a rough break for him. But he's, you know, he's a smart guy. And that's yeah. what actually takes champions are smart guys who take the rough with the smooth. They don't get, they don't get excited about things too much. They just keep delivering. Look at Max Verstappen's finishing record as well. He had two incidents when he retired, but beyond that, he finished in the points every single time. So, and that's what you've got to do. And look at Albon when he got into the Red Bull. He was in the points every single time, even, uh, I'm sorry, up until Lewis. Lewis knocked him out of the points on that one occasion. But otherwise, he was in the points every single time in the Red Bull. Anyway. Interesting. The, the two guys on the grid who I would immediately come to mind of putting their hand up and saying, hey, my bad, is Lewis Hamilton and Sebastian Vettel. That's it. That's a, it's a, it's a champion's mentality. Well, Sebastian's not as good as doing it as, uh, not as good as, no. as Lewis. No, because well, look what happened in Brazil, you know, it's, yeah. who, who did that to me? Oh yeah. And Baku as well. But I'm just, there has been yeah. occasions. No, you're absolutely right. No, I about, actually think, I think yeah. that if you were going to say who are the most honest guys out there, I would say, uh, actually Kimi, uh, you know, all your screwed up kind of thing, you know, um, but Kimmy doesn't screw up very often, and he's very fair racy. You know, it's, it's, it's one of the things I like about him. Um, that you know, if you see K- Kimmy and Lewis racing together, it's it's actually lovely to watch because you know neither of them is going to be. A Are you going to bleep that? Yeah, of course, going to bleep. It's, it's ten o'clock in the morning, Joe. Forty, right? Okay, Sorry. hang on. That's okay. Don't worry about that. We're just pleased to have you here. You're listening to Inside F1 with Joe Sayward. Please excuse us. Well, we have a word from our sponsor. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ah, I hope you enjoyed that word from our sponsor. It's just something I've heard off of the telly from the olden days, and I wanted to say it too. You're listening to Inside F1. Of course, we are very grateful to Joe Saywood for coming and gracing us in the shed almost monthly. I think we've had at least 12 Inside F1s with Joe this year, for which we're incredibly grateful. Go and make sure you check out his blog and his race reviews, as well as GP Plus magazine at gpplus.com. You can find all the shows that we've done here, uh, including the great interviews we've had throughout the course of the year with Chris Medland, Alex Brundle, Matthew Summerfield, Matthew Carter, all our race reviews, all our new shows by going to MissedApexPodcast.com. Please do subscribe on your podcatcher thingy. Make sure that you're subscribed there so you're downloading it every week. Don't rely on me to do an internet social media type post. I will invariably forget. Back to Formula One. Uh, Let's use Joe's expertise to delve into the continuing saga of Williams doing unexpected things. They've announced that Dan Tictum is going to have some kind of role at Williams or has joined their academy. What's going on there and what is a Tictum? Uh, As the cynic in me says, there's probably money involved and he'll be paying it. I'm not sure he's got an awful lot. Um, so generally speaking, Williams nowadays don't hire anybody uh, unless there's a financial benefit from it. George Russell's there because of a deal on the engines. Uh, Robert Kubitz was there because of the oil company sponsorship he bought with him. Um, Latifi was there for obvious reasons because Latifi is one of the richest people in the world, probably. Um, <laughs> not really in comparison to the really big ones, but nonetheless, well well above Spanners and I, that's for sure. No, it just goes um, to show that with a little hard work and billions of pounds worth of personal fortune, you can achieve anything. Well, you can up to a point. We'll see how Nicholas does. But he's a pretty good racing driver, so we'll see. Anyway, my, my view of that is, generally speaking, anybody who's mixed up with Williams is money involved somehow. So who's paying for it? I don't know. But um, he has a drive in Formula 2 with uh, dams. And uh, he doesn't have a super license. I saw somebody ask that question um, because he hasn't done enough to earn one. And uh, we'll have to see. I mean, he's he's quick, clearly. But he's um, he's a little bit on the wild side. He did get banned in his youth for two years. Uh, He obviously screwed up in Japan in a fairly monumental way. Red Bull dropped him. Oh, okay. Uh, so okay. So I'm. Tr- I, I've. I, the more I hear about Tictum, the more I'm convinced that we're just going to have to get used to his name, and he's going to end up in F1 some way or another. Uh, firstly, what? Why? Mm. Why is he on the radar? Is he like some spectacular talent, or is it just his bad boy reputation that keeps him? No, he's in- quick. There's no question about him being quick when it's all holding together. But the thing is, he seems to be uh, a little bit wild. Now, whether he calms down enough to make it to Formula One is another matter. The other thing is, you know, people have got to believe in him to get him into Formula One because he doesn't have the money to pay his way in, I don't think. He doesn't, you don't think? I don't think so, no. Um, otherwise, why would you be with Red Bull, you know? Um, I think I think that he's had a lot of chances. 
and uh, he's he's not made the most of all of them. So, no, I think we'll have to see how he does. But, that, you know, it, back in the old days, and this is even before my time, but, you know, James Hunt was never going to make it. He was this sort of brawler and uh, crasher. Hunt the shunt, they used to call him. And, uh, and he he's got it. away he with that, a world to be so, Well, there are worse names <laughs> if your name's Hunt. But... Uh, the uh he came to formula one and he won a world championship so you know sometimes when the, they are really quick now whether he's really 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 quick got that little bit extra uh we don't know but there are certainly some people who think he does so, uh, so, which is why he he's still going i suppose so I, i'm not a, a, an expert on formula two but dan's is a is a big team in f2 yeah. uh yeah. so you you think that you either have to be minted or, or really talented to get a top drive in? Well, I think he's really talented. I think his teammate's paying for most of it. So His teammate being? Being Mr. Galayal, I believe. And Mr. Galayal comes from Indonesia, where they have a lot of Kentucky Fried Chicken, which his daddy owns. Um, and therefore, they can, they can ah. afford to pay for um, quite a lot of things. So if he's willing to pay an X amount at Dams to be in a top team, the, the additional money that um, they get from him they spent to employ Tictum or to give Tictum, Tictum a better deal. Um, it kind of makes sense. Okay. Well, it's an interesting one. I, I'm now, to be honest, I'm massively distracted because all I can think about is uh, some fried chicken. And that's okay. That's, well, that's, you're, that's obviously, you're obviously a chicken and stout coming up. We, 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 now the stout chat was pre show, Joe. That was between oh, you and I. Okay. Yeah, I'll admit. Oh, is it? Okay. Right. Uh, fine. I'll have to admit yeah. it now on the main show. Uh, it's a 10 o'clock show. First time we've done a morning, a morning show. The, the, the cold, dewy covered stout in my fridge was very tempting. But 10 o'clock in the morning, no, no, come on. Come on. I'm a decent British man. I've got to wait till regulation pub opening hours, uh, which is what? Like, Half eleven, isn't it? Which we're creeping towards. Oh, we, oh yes, of course. Over there, you're blind, us, aren't you? So, yeah, yeah, no, it's not. It's not France, Joe. It's not wine with wine for breakfast. I'm looking at the Ooh. questions we got. Sorry, completely distracted thinking about if there's going to be KFC sponsorship <laughs> on an F1 car at some point in the future. Because that is, frankly, that is going to break me. Well, I don't know what to say about that. Really, I mean, it, I, I I can look at a car going by and not necessarily have. Um, Really, massive cravings for what's on the side. No, I'm, I'm who, I'm an advertiser's dream. Like I, well, like okay. they will put flash a brand in front of me, and I go, ooh, ooh, I quite fancy some Gillette. Okay, so yeah, I'm, I'm too yeah. cynical for that. No, no, I'm not. Uh, we've got okay. Here's a lighter question from Lawrence, not Lawrence Stroll, Lawrence Wells on Twitter. Since we're talking about France and wine habits, he'd like to know more about you, sir. Uh, what is your favourite cheese, and have you gone extra cheesy since you moved to France? What an extraordinary question. Um, have I gone more cheesy? Yes, because there's more choices. I think Charles de Gaulle, I can't remember the exact number, but Charles de Gaulle said, how can you possibly govern a country with 345 cheeses or something? Um, and Britain, you know, you've got about, actually, you don't even have as many as you used to in the old days. There's some people doing new ones nowadays, but, you know, things like Red Leicester and Sage Derby have disappeared. Um, but you basically got cheddar, you know, is dull. Um, whereas in France, every little village has its own one. So, Does it? There yes, you go. I, I, I'm now not far from the place called Neufchâtel, where you have it, it's it's uh, a sharp cheese, but it's made in heart shapes. So, oh, 
You're, you're listening to the Cheese Hour with Missed Apex Podcast. <laughs> Myself, I like a nice Herbie Roulade. Thanks for asking, Lawrence. Didn't care well, about mine. In that mine. case, if you want the honest truth, I think I like a Mondor. A Mondor. Very good. I'm going to go and research that. Well, that's enough of Inside Joe. Let's... Or, or Roblechon. That's another one. Let's get back to Inside F1 then okay, with some F1-y type questions. At this, at this time of the year, just before Christmas and New Year, I guess you can look back or you can, you can look forward. But Ben Ford, uh, at Ben Ford, is offering you a Christmas wish, Joe. He's saying, what does Joe say would, say would, say wad, wish to happen in F1 by this time next year? And he also says, happy Christmas and happy New Year, Joe and Missed Apex. Same to you, Ben. What do you wish for F1 next year? I wish that we'd had a great year of racing and we have a nice, quiet negotiation on the commercial front and everything's organized because it needs to be by December 31 next year. So um, just good racing. That's what we want. And we've had very good racing this year, Uh, apart from the French Grand Prix. I think most of them were pretty exciting races. If you knew, you know, if you you had an idea what you were looking at, because you need to have the TV commentators explaining quite a lot of stuff but they were all very close and exciting so apart from the french grand prix and they are fixing they are changing the track in france oh so, tell me well i don't know exact details but i understand they're changing the, 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 the track to try to make it better for racing how are they going to do that i don't know well they've, they've got the freedom haven't they i, I guess it's just a different paint scheme <laughs> well it's yeah it's an expensive freedom to have oh but okay. yes <laughs> It's like Abu Dhabi have got the freedom, haven't they? Well, they haven't actually because they've got buildings in all the wrong places because Abu Dhabi never produces a, a very good race. And they built this thing. They designed it. It's the perfect racetrack in terms of design and that doesn't work for modern F1 cars. So, you know, But in order to change it, you need to fill in harbours and knock down buildings, you know, so it's quite difficult to do. Anyway, it's a bit like Monaco. You know, sometimes there's not much you can do at Monaco, but it's, it, Monaco is never a dull race because it is what it is, you know. Yeah, half points, end of season, spectacular at Monaco. <laughs> Happy with that. Happy with that. Uh, yeah, the weather might not be quite so good at the end of the year. The, 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 it, was, it, was, it was a real shame, the negativity at the start of the year. That must have really hurt Liberty with this new property and then this real, like, fanatical uprising of F1 is dead, it's, it's dead and buried. And this was all after France, which was, like, race seven, uh, not- that happens every year. Whenever there's a bad race, everybody who's got it in for Formula One, which are lots of people, because you know there's there's the old Bernie gang uh, who are still powerful in some respects. So the Formula E mob who just sort of <laughs> try to down, you know, see we're wonderful and Formula One's not. You know, racing milk floats is the way to go in the future. I wish you'd say um, say what you mean, Joe. I hate it when you're um, just keeping so, it all sorry, inside. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Let's not go there. Um, or everybody's got it in Formula 1 because it's the top. And that actually says it all, really. It's it's because it's the top and it's because it's the best. And who cares what they think, to be honest? It's still going well. The numbers are up. I see there was a press release the other day about the uh, spectator numbers, TV spectating numbers, which is up, which is unusual. Worldwide. Worldwide. Yeah. In the modern... Well, yeah, there are some countries where nothing happens at all because if you're pay-per-view, who the hell is going to sign up? to um to watch it to okay so i guess like this the section i i had had planned to talk to you about is basically you know the the dawn of liberty and and how they're getting on because we've ended the decade with liberty yeah. but one of the biggest impacts from the uk audience which is still a, a, one of the big f1 audiences was the the sky effect and i was going to ask you a personal question 
under no obligation to, to answer, but just if you noticed any effect on on your interactions with F1 fans, obviously you're reliant on people subscribing to you because from a missed apex point of view, we've had a, a complete bumper year. And it's almost as if the feeling I've got is that the the Netflix uh, the the what's it the the drive to survive mm. almost seems to have countered any effects that going to Sky or going to pay per view. Yeah, nothing I against agree. Sky. It has it, yeah. globally speaking, it has. Um, the Netflix thing was I I just wrote a season review for my newsletter, the JSBM newsletter, and in that I made the point that probably the most important thing for Formula One this year was not Lewis's sixth championship with Netflix because it, it humanized the sport. It made Gunter Steiner a star. Um, you know, it, it basically uh, told stories behind the scenes and, and that's people like people. And if we forget that, you know, people, some people in Formula One think that Formula One's about machines. It's not. It's about relating to people. And if we forget to relate to people, we're going to lose it. It's a soap so, opera. Yes, it is. It's a soap opera, but we don't necessarily need to go in quite the extreme versions that we've seen in the past, some of them. Yeah, we but, do. We need booing. You know, we've, we've, we've still had, we've still had, you know, what was that man with the strange beard called? I can't remember his name. Father Christmas. Um, not not that one. Sorry. The one who was sponsoring Hass. <coughs> um, oh, oh Rich Story, William yeah, Story. Well, whatever his name was. You see, the, the, the point is the, the point is that whatever his name was, he's going to be deeply upset that I can't remember his name <laughs> because his whole purpose of being there was just to promote himself. So um, I don't know. <laughs> You always get weirdos in Formula One, and he certainly lived up to that. Well, um, we're on him. I don't know if I. Well, a weirdo is not a, a legally challenging. No, no, no. It's fine. I don't. You're know You're a weirdo. Come on, let's face it. How dare you, sir? <laughs> um, I I don't know if I've said this I'm on the podcast, weirdo, but we we saw William Story. He put out uh, this tweet, a really oddly low frame rate video of him driving out in a Renault car, and he'd made it mm. out as if he was doing some collaboration with the Renault F1 team, whereas in fact it was, it very much seemed like it was a experience day that had Renault branding on it that you could just purchase. And he'd like passed it off as like, ah, oh, this is me in bed with Renault because I'm still in the F1 click. It's just so weird. Well, I, I don't know. It's just a sad story if you ask me. Um, but there we are. I don't really care. He's gone. He won't be back again. Um, yes. And whatever, whatever. I can't even remember the name of the thing now. Um there you go. You see, that's how effective uh, yeah. it was. I don't remember it. I do remember some of the things that Gunter Steiner said through the year. Um, not necessarily about Mr. Story, but um, you know. there you go. But no, net, to go back to the point, Netflix was, was vitally important for Formula One. And there's another one coming. There's one will be out, I believe, in February. Mm. Somebody who's seen it said it's going to be quite good. Yes. I know, I know someone who's seen 10 of the 12. Um, edition oh it would be indiscreet to say who but you can probably figure it out somewhere along the way i was, I was um, gonna i was gonna guess and then watch your reaction i won't do that uh when's that coming out then is that does that does that come february, out in, in february all oh, right so not yeah, too so in the build-up to the championship I, I think we'll have the next round of of uh drive to survive two or whatever they call it drive you to know. survive this time it's personal uh yeah anyway so yeah i we haven't noticed any kind of drop-off i was really frightened that we were going to, you know, wake up in the 2019 series and no one would download the podcast. The interesting thing is, though, that we have had more growth in non-UK places than we've had in the UK, which, again, well, might be due to normal. Netflix. So our biggest uh, audience is now the US. Uh, yeah, oh, that's good. Um, there, there are there are 
across the world, things are changing. And not just that. I mean, podcasting is very much the in thing these days, whereas written word is is not so much. People don't like uh, reading too much because their brains hurt. Yeah, reading's hard. Um, So... That's why I think in the in, in not too distant future we'll all be communicating with smileys, you know. So. <laughs> we'll all be communicating in TikToks, Joe. Honestly, it is the future. I just I would love to just wrap up a little bit. I uh, just asking a few uh, not season reviewy type things, but the things that have had the most uh, fudge factor as far as our opinions on them go. I I still cannot, apart from Max Verstappen, get my head around who has done the best out of the Red Bull kids. Because on the surface, it looks like Gasly had a disaster, Kvyat has forgotten, uh, uh, has been forgotten, and Albon is the success story. I just get the feeling that's not that's not quite the whole tale. How do you rate the Red Bull kids' terms? No, that is the right tale, oh. basically. Um, I think that, well, what we, what we have to see is how Albon does next year, as, as he's going to be going to, you know, he'll then have done his... A year of training and so he should be up to speed more than he was up against max is going to be tough because max mm. is something special i don't think anybody in their right mind can argue against that agree Gasly is a very quick driver but he's not he just wasn't happy in the big team environment he's very happy in the small team environment but unfortunately in this kind of respect you only get one chance and i think that was his chance and i think that's true of Kvyat as well i don't see either of those two going anywhere certainly not within the Red Bull empire if somebody else picks them up later. But generally speaking, Red Bull drivers don't get picked up by others. So what's the point in them occupying the Toro Rosso seats? Because they like racing. I meant, I meant from a Red and Bull this is, point This is what people forget sometimes. Fans often forget, well, why is he doing it? Well, they do it because they like going racing. These guys are racers. They like racing. And why does he keep going when he's got all the money in the world? Because he still likes racing. Yeah, and just we needn't we we mustn't forget that. Why is Fernando Alonso wanting to get back into Formula One? Because he likes racing. Well, I tell you what, I, I this is why Mist Apex, as an organization, we do as many wheel turny things as we can, just so that we can actually appreciate. That's the fundamental thing: is that you have a, a a wheel that points you in the direction, you have a stop and a go. So we do our online sim. We've gone and done events at a, a sim venue, had everyone there, and we go and do our karting because it's important to remember that the core of it is. It's fun steering a thing and then applying power. Uh, speaking of which, Joe, how what do we have to do to get you in a car? You must have some racer instinct deep down. Not really. No, you have to you, you have to add another three weeks to the calendar. If you could do that every year, then I'd be able to do more things. But as I'm I'm a very busy chap going to races, and I'm also a grandfather in two different parts of the country. So I have families in three <laughs> different countries all over the world. So mm. it's very complicated being me. So, you know, you have to you have to find time. I mean, I haven't found time to go on a, a proper rally in my entire life. David Richard said, you can go wherever rally you like, you know, come with me <laughs> on a rally. And that was in the days when he was running things. Um, and I just never got the time. And you never, when you do have a weekend off, if you haven't got grandchildren to look after or whatever, you know, one of the one of the things you actually want to do is just go home and go to sleep. Well, that um, sounds a lot like you saying you don't want to come miss Apex Karting on April the twenty fifth. 
which is a Saturday. I have no idea. I haven't looked at the calendar for next year. I don't even know when April the 25th. What's on that weekend? There's it's no F1. There's somewhere. nothing. It's not clashing with anything. Uh, you, you are our guest. There's of no honor. F1, but what's it, what's it between? We'll collect you from the airport. <laughs> we'll, we'll have a, 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 an office there for you to yeah. uh, hand... He I'll, hand mention it, I'll mention it to my wife. He, he, he handwrites... Would appreciate the idea of me disappearing off for another weekend. So thank you. We'll send a bouquet of, uh, of cheese and wine to France uh, but anyway if you do want to get involved April 25th email spannersready at gmail.com where, where, where is that happening? at Buckmore Park oh my gosh how could I not mention the fabulous Buckmore Park who look after us so well at our events this big shout out to Adam Walker who makes sure that we're treated like kings when we go down that's, to Kent that's, that's the one down on the, um, the A2 M2 yeah it? it's the John Surtees one and it's yeah, it, yeah the, it's, one, the one on the, on the on the road from Dover actually not very far and and not to not to blow too much I went smoke I passed it just the other day actually several times I think well you could miss it because it's completely surrounded by trees so once you get into oh, you, the car you see venue, it from the motorway you oh, do you alright oh, yeah. but when you're there you just feel like you're in this magical forest and the, just the weird I'm not this is not an advert for them sorry but the weird thing about the track is it feels like a proper racetrack like they've tried to make it look like a f1 track so you've got nice big red and white curbs that you go over i love it i love the track and it's uh, a thrill now i'm all excited about karting uh joe uh, tell us again where we can find all your stuff to keep up with everything you say oh, and write goodness me oh come on well if you if you go to flatoutpublishing.com uh, you'll find most of it there so um and i have lots of different products um including the podcast and uh the uh, you, you just have a look and see what there's lots of interesting things. Well, I think Can't it would be easier. Anyway. I think it would be easier just to go to gpplus.com. I think that would be the easiest place to find you. You can do that, but then you yeah. don't see about the newsletter, you don't <laughs> see about the fascinating fact books, you don't see about all this sort of stuff. So, I, and there's the blog, of course, Joe Blogs F1, which is um, where I, every day I'm doing a fascinating fact. I need to do another one for Christmas Day. I've asked my oh, wife Lordy. if I'm allowed to get your newsletter as a Christmas present to myself so I can be mm-hmm. like an insider, so I can feel like I'm truly mm. inside F1. Well, you will be, yeah. If you get that, you will be inside, yeah. Although it has to be said, you have given us absolutely fantastic insights. And I thank you personally for your candor because I I get very frustrated sometimes with other F1 journalists who who never want to rock the boat and they never want to give their opinion. So that, so every answer feels like, well, you could say this, but blah. So I do want to thank you personally for always just going, no, I think it's this, I think it's this, I think it's that. I might be wrong, but I, that's what I think. So. But people are used to me doing that. So, you know, let's <laughs> say we're again, blathering away, you know. And we might be wrong, but we do try to be first. We do try to make sure you have your podcast race review before your Monday morning commute. Very few podcasts do that for you. Uh, We have a great live chat stream that keeps us company on those streams, corrects us in real time, which is fantastic. And we get our edits and everything done in the hours after the race. So it's all ready for you when we wake up. And it would not be possible if it wasn't for the fantastic support of our patrons. So thank you so much uh, to those guys as well. So thank you very much to Joe. And thank you to all the Missed Apex podcast panelists throughout 2019. This is definitely the last show of the year, I promise you. But we will be back on January the 5th. Looking forward to what we hope is a great 2020 season. Wherever I see you next, be brave, because wounds heal, chicks dig scars, but glory lasts forever. This was Missed Apex.
Missed Apex podcast survives due to the kind donations of our patrons. Support Missed Apex podcast at patreon.com forward slash Missed Apex. That's patreon.com forward slash Missed Apex. You will get an ad-free RSS feed to add to your podcast app. You will also get bonus content where we have a bit more of a relaxed recording. We're not saving any special content. However, it is a little bit more personal, a bit more about the panellists, but there's also some good F1 chat in there as well. And, of course, you'll be welcome to come and join us in our Slack chat community. From everyone here at Missed Apex Podcast, may all your penalties be black and white flags, and may all your apexes be hit.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.